What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Youth sports in the United States is big business. Many are getting rich off of it, and parents and families are paying the price of the ticket. Today on Sports 360, we're talking with a baseball dad, Darrell Roberts, whose son Aaron is one of the top youth baseball players in the country. Darrell will share his family's experiences in youth sports, along with tips on how parents can successfully navigate this challenging landscape for the benefit of their children without going into financial ruin. It's a straight-up conversation on an important topic, and we're glad to bring it to you on Sports 360. I am pleased to have on Sports 360 today, Daryl Roberts. Daryl is the father of Aaron Roberts, one of the most highly touted youth baseball players in the country. Uh, and he's here to talk to us today about youth sports, and, and in particular, the, the side of youth sports uh, that many have called pay for p- pay to play. Um, the youth sports space is a $15 billion industry, according to some reports. And Daryl is here to talk to us about his experience and his family's experience in the youth sports space. So, Daryl, uh, first of all, welcome to Sports 360. I'm glad to have you with us today. Uh, thank you, uh, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here and talk about this incredible subject. So, yes, proud and happy uh, to be here with you today. And, and you know, Daryl, you know, one of the reasons, and I guess the primary reason why you and I are having this conversation today and 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 how you have come to have your experiences that you're going to share with us is because you have what I'm going to call the, the blessing, right, of having a very talented son uh, who uh, is has done some good things as a baseball player. So why don't we start there and, and maybe just share with us a little bit, if you would, um, a little bit about Aaron so we can get to know him a little as a, as a baseball player. Well, absolutely. That would be a great place to start. Well, Jeff, uh, the one funny thing about it, and it's not funny, hopefully it'll be a great story down the road, is that I played basketball through high school and through college and never even knew or understood baseball, didn't watch baseball at all, wasn't interested in baseball. And uh, the irony is is that uh, Aaron doesn't want to play basketball. He wants to play baseball, and it was quite an accident how he actually um, got to uh, be able to play baseball. And I got to give the credit to my wife, Maria, who uh, found an article of uh, registration to get Aaron into baseball. And it was just kind of a a lark, if you will, to get him to go check it out. And and long story short, uh, it's been probably one of the best decisions and things that we've ever done in our life because he's taken to the game um, quite well and puts a lot of time in it, and he loves it. Uh, Aaron started out about eight and a half, almost nine years of age, uh, so a little bit later start than most of the kids. But uh, since that time and once we found out that he loved the sport, he wanted to play it, uh, he excelled at it, we really started putting a lot of time and effort into it. And and me not uh, knowing a lot about baseball, I knew one thing that I could do to help him was I could hit grounders. So we would pick him up after school, and I'm talking in uh, fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, and just hit tons of grounders to him and 
had him hit a lot, and those are the two things I knew how to do. And and from that genesis, um, you know, now he's he's uh, uh, going committed to uh, Cal Berkeley. Uh, there's pro scouts that are are looking at him uh, as of right now. He touched 94 uh, miles per hour this past summer uh, pitching, and uh, he hits home runs. And he's probably one of the best first basemen. Uh, corner guys, I'll say specifically first, but uh, plays third well as uh, also uh, in the country. And uh, so a lot of great things about this kid. He works extremely hard. We put a lot of time and effort into it. And uh, he's been invited to uh, major events like the um, Perfect Game uh, National Showcase uh, out there in Florida just this past summer and uh, lots of other events he's having an opportunity to play at. So he's playing at a great level now. Uh, as we speak, he's in North Carolina at the Legion World Series. Uh, they played their first game yesterday and uh, won 10 to 0. And uh, we have a great opportunity to win that as well. It's, it's all good stuff. That's all good stuff. And, and because though, Darrell, that he, you know, Aaron is so good as a as a baseball player that has brought you and your family into what I'm going to call the youth space. Right. This, as I said earlier, this 15 billion dollar industry, um, which has a lot of elements to it. Pay to play. It has the element of personalized coaching, uh, travel teams, club teams. And many of these things have price tags associated <laughs> with them, right? So um, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your involvement in that regard and what your experience has been in this youth system, as I just described it? Well, Jeff, it, it's been shocking. You know, once we really found out that, you know, some of these bats cost uh, $500, and there's bats that cost even more than that. And I'm talking about the ones that the really good players actually use to excel. Uh, the cost of uh, an event, the monthly um, dues that these teams uh, require, uh, the food, the, the transportation, uh, I had no idea, you know, as we started this um, journey, that the cost would be so high. And uh, I wish it was a little different because it, it takes a lot of people out of the game. They're not able to participate just because of the economic situation. But it's devastating to a lot of families and a huge sacrifice to us and other families like ours, you know, across this country to be seen because we feel you have to be at some of the events uh, to actually have an opportunity to have a Pac-12 school look at you or a SEC school look at you or, or a pro scout to actually see how hard and well you actually throw. So it, it's been, it's been, I just have to say the word crazy as far as the expenditures that we expend and others to play baseball to hopefully get noticed. And I want to come back. I want to come back to something you said. It was so important. You, you know, you, you, we're going to come back to the cost, but I want to deal first with something you said that was really important. You, you talked about being seen, and I believe that's sort of a central element of the current system where parents are paying for the privilege of their children being seen by college coaches and by pro scouts. And you know that that idea of being seen and comes at a, at a at a price. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? 
Well, it's, it seems like today a lot of scouts, unless you're a high-profile individual or however you got to that level, uh, they will come out and check you out and review, you know, come out maybe to a high school game or two or even more, depending on what level of uh, proficiency you're at. But for 99% of everybody else, they are not traveling out to this place, that place, on a consistent basis. So the only way you can get seen is – some of these big groups that are out there, um, and we know know the different names of them, they aggregate a lot of these scouts and coaches in one location, and you have to go out to that location to have an opportunity to be seen. And the challenge is for most folks, or quite a few people, is that it costs to fly to these events or drive to these events, and then when you have to consider the hotel uh, stay for a day or two or three, uh, or four or five in some cases, the food and and even the entry fee of the um, event. You know, you're you're spending you know anywhere from twelve hundred to two thousand dollars. You know, going to some of these uh, weekend events or three or four day uh, events that are happening, and that right there just eliminates so many uh, kids that could grow up in this industry and excel at it, but they never even have an opportunity to develop because they can't get started because of the cost. And so if we look at and think about, you know, as we, as, as we sit here today, Daryl, it's August 17th, so it's toward the end of the summer. But what does a typical, and I understand that's a general statement, but what does a typical summer entail? You know, because you, you just described two, upwards of $2,000 for a weekend event or a three or four day event. So how often does something like that go on during the summer and what kind of costs are we talking about all said and done? Well, in the, in the summertime, there's events happening literally every single weekend and there's different organizations out there that establish these events and, you know, some are more prestigious than others, and others are now fighting to get to that point. So literally every weekend, you could be at an event. Now, the elite players, they pick and choose, you know, three or four events to uh, go to through the summer, uh, maybe even some two to three events if you're already established. But if you're that kid on the bubble or below the bubble, uh, you want to get to as many of these as possible. And for some kids, you know, and I've talked to some of these parents, I mean, they, they could spend, you know, ten to $12,000 a summer, you know, with equipment costs, with uh, attending these events and all the other ancillary things that come along with it. It's crazy that the, the value or what this is really about. It's absolutely, it's crazy what's going on with, um, you know, with, with the cost involved and that again, there's so many special talented kids or kids that could get to a level of proficiency where they could go on to major college and or to sport or pro level, but they won't even get the chance to, um, to even get started. So let's, let's use those numbers, 10 to $12,000 uh, for a summer. Is that something that would apply no matter the level of the, of, of play that, you, that that the young um, that the child is playing at. So, in other words, you know, if you're a nine or ten, is it the same price as if you were sixteen and seventeen? Or would we see? Are they playing a little bit less when the players are younger? 
Well, great question. Um, I was more speaking of the kids that are, uh, you know, freshmen, sophomore, juniors um, okay. that have to be seen. However, it's not that different from the uh, kids that are 12 and 13 uh, because, like you said, it's a $15 billion industry. It's expanding, and, and the same things that uh, are applying to those last-minute kids that got to get a deal, got to get seen – they're they're applying that pressure now on 12 or 13 year olds and 14 year olds as well. So I believe in the very near future it'll be about the same. But right now there's a sense of urgency because that person is a sophomore, they don't have a deal. That person is a junior, uh, and they're getting ready to go into their last year, the, the following year. That uh, that's probably the most expensive because that's where the parents really uh, are out there on the road. But it's Regardless if you're a 9U or 10U or 11U, it's very, very expensive. But the higher you go, it just gets uh, because people get stressed out and they want to get a deal. So it, it, it gets even higher. And that's where I was talking about the ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000, you know, per summer. And, and I'm talking one kid. Imagine if you have two or three. Sure. Well, and this, this entire subject is so fascinating. So there's so many things going through my mind right now, Darrell, to, to be honest with you. But I want to come back to something you said earlier. You said you, you mentioned real quickly about the cost of bats. Um, I understand that there were some changes in bat specifications by USA Baseball that I think went into effect this past season. Was that something that, first of all, did that happen? And if it did, was that something that affected Aaron? Did he have to uh, change bats in order to um, you know, to comply with, with with the new specifications? Yes, and it was an extra few years back uh, when this change happened. They went to a BB core as opposed to the uh, quote-unquote aluminum type of bat that they were using. And one of the reasons was a safety issue. The ball's coming off uh, so hard uh, at the infielder and pitcher, so it uh, doesn't fly off as hard uh, with the BB core, drop three BB core. Now, Aaron's a big kid. He's uh, about 6'3", 215, 218 pounds. Uh, he still hits home runs, and uh, a lot of people, it, it limited the balls flying out of the park because, again, you know, the bats weren't as springy, if, uh, if I can use that term, than some of the other bats that, let's say, Bryce Harper used back in the day when he was in, in high school. But um, most of the kids, they still do what they need to do, and and they're effective using the bat, but it's more of a safety issue. Got it. Now, what about personal coaching? Um, and I, I'm asking from two points of view. One, your personal uh, uh, experience and, and Aaron's personal experience in using a personal coach if if he has used one. And second, just the the, the prevalence of the of, of young players, youth players, kids uh, being coached by uh, by personal coaches. What, what's going on out there? Well, it's, again, $15 billion industry, and part of it is coaching. And a couple of things you have to look at is, is it a good coach? Because everyone that says they can teach you how to hit or pitch, you know, doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it the correct way. But because everybody's enamored with, hey, i got to get the best coaching, I've got to get the Johnny into this person, because by the time he gets to high school, he's got to be a starting pitcher, et cetera. Because that pressure's on the parents and the 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 income is so uh, amazing and large and in, in, in pros we see these hundred million dollar contracts that kind of you know stimulates something in the brain for a mom and a dad 
that they think little Johnny or little Mark can actually do that. So it causes them to go out and look for a coach. So first of all, you got to find a coach that is reputable, that has, you know, credentials and has proven success with other kids that he's coached in the past. And then the other challenge for most people, you know, us included, is the cost. Sometimes it's $50 to $75 an hour, an hour or even some coaches for 30 minutes. So that is a big thing for a lot of children. And some kids can do it and they get great coaching and some kids do it and they don't get great coaching. And a lot of kids don't do it because it's just not affordable for them to do. And so, and what is, uh, what, what has been Aaron's experience? Has, has he availed himself um, of personal coaching? We've learned a lot. Uh, one of the things I, I say about uh, me and Aaron or Aaron and I is that uh, we've watched more videos than probably most people, uh, even in the pro ranks. I mean, we watch video <laughs> all the time. I video sure. everything. We come back and dissect it. So Aaron has not had a lot of uh, pitching coach or hitting coach. He has had a few guys that he's gone to if he ever gets into a slump for this or that, and we'll go in and just kind of get a carburetor adjustment, if you will, a tune-up. Uh, but on a consistent basis, which I think would make him even better, um, you know, we we don't do that. Again, the cost factors are just too far out there. So I've uh, learned, I've, we watch college uh, players, we watch uh, the pro players uh, more specifically and, and, and pattern our game after that. He kind of had a natural swing anyway. We just uh, critique it a little bit and we keep all the uh, hundreds and hundreds of great at-bats and the ones that are not as good and we kind of compare those and never he goes into a slump we do it that way so we've kind of had to piece this together uh he and i personally would i prefer him having an outside coach 100 percent you know a lot of people say aaron's pitching is raw and that's the same thing we have just watched video and have uh, let him just learn to throw and some people say that's okay but he's very raw and once he actually gets a great coach which now He's going to be working with Dave Stewart and has already started that. Um, they will be able to fix a few things, which actually will help him even become better than he is. But because of cost, Aaron has not had uh, these, quote, unquote, super coaches working with him on a weekly basis. Hmm. Now, earlier you, you mentioned, um, you, you know, you, you mentioned that the, the need to be seen. And how important that is, uh, if if you know you want to go to a top school or you want to go into the, into the into the pro ranks, um, and it seems that that, from my perspective, Daryl, that that just creates a great deal of pressure, or could create a great deal of pressure for a family to, you know, continue to pay the costs, even though they might not be able to 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 really handle it. Um, and, and one of the things that I often wonder about is within a family, you know, you can have a star child, you know, a player who's a star, a, a child who's a star youth player, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be. And he or she may have a sibling who may not be in sports at all. And I just wonder, have you seen any kinds of dynamics in that regard where it seems as if, so much is being put into the athletic Johnny or Sally and maybe, you know, is playing itself out in a negative way on some of the other children in the family. 
Um, no question about it. Uh, I, my family here, and, and we talk about that, and, and and we're cognizant of that, and, and try to avoid it. But there's no um, question about it. We have a daughter that uh, is going into her third year at uh, UNLV here in Las Vegas, and uh, again, she gets the short end of the stick a lot of times because of you know Aaron's success, because of everything kind of goes into his direction. But we do make a conscious decision, even though, you know, we were conscious about it. I have to admit, it still happens because he just, you know, uh, he just, you know, takes up all the energy or the, the sun, if you will. But uh, we talk about that, and I think we, we're getting much better at that and, and working with her on lots of other things. She, you know, says it doesn't affect her or doesn't bother her. But, you know, I know deep down it probably does a little bit, but she's also enamored with her brother and baseball and, and all the fun things that are happening uh, for him. And she understands that there could be, you know, a, a professional career at some point in time. You know, we, we we're not counting on it, but it definitely could happen, no question about it. So from that perspective, she tolerates it, accepts it, knows that we love her, and, and we do make that conscious decision to, hey, let's focus on Asia today, let's focus on Asia this week, uh, so that it doesn't get too imbalanced. But it just happens, and, and I know if it happens in my family, and, and we're cognizant of the situation. I know a lot of families it happens to, and, and they don't really, you know, even uh, adjust to it or make adjustments. It just is what it is, and the other kids or other kids get, you know, their feelings hurt. Mm. I mean, really interesting insight that you provide there because it's something that I haven't experienced because I have not had, uh, you know, a, a child in the youth sports space but it's something that from the outside looking in, I, I often wondered about. So I appreciate you sharing on, on that score. Uh, the other thing, Daryl, you and I talked about this once or twice before. And that is what I call the have nots paying for the haves. In other words, I believe that there are some kids out there who families are paying the freight for them to be in the youth space. They're paying the entry fees. They're doing the travel and the, the whole nine. And truth be told, little Johnny or little Sally is not that good, right? They're, they're not going to go to a big-time college program, and they're not going pro. But yet parents are paying. And I feel that many times that what happens is that those parents are, in effect, subsidizing the star players, right? Because the overall costs of tournament play and everything else – is affected by how many people are actually paying into the pool, right? So um, yeah. am I off base on that uh, that assessment? Because that's the way I see it, but you're there. Is 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 that, am I off base on that assessment? No, you're not. I see it all the time. And again, they, they see the dream and the, the coaches perpetuate that if you work with them and you put the extra money in or you go to this conference with us or turn tournament with us that uh he or she's going to get big bigger badder stronger and seen uh and of course the parents believe in what the coaches are saying and again they don't have a chance to uh to play or move forward playing now again you'll get that one in the exception to the rule and i know you don't want to do things in life that's the exception to the rule but uh, that person that does develop and get better. But, no, there's so many of uh, those individuals out there that have no chance. They think they do. They've been told they do, but they don't. And the money that they're spending 
help subsidize the superstar player that, hey, he can't make it, but, okay, we'll let you in on this tournament because they've got 50 other kids that aren't going to go anywhere, but they're going to be paying for it. So, yes, I see that, and I see it on a regular basis. Now, a few years ago, I recall having a conversation with a good friend of mine who uh, has a son who also plays baseball, as it turns out. And he mentioned to me that he was reluctantly going along with the system. In other words, he was, he's a lawyer. As, as you know, we went to law school together. And so he's, he's an intelligent guy and he's looking at this system and he's saying, you know, this is, there's some measure of exploitation here. You know, um, you know, parents are paying into the system, paying into the system, but many parents are looking at it. This is according to him and, and, and realizing that this might not be the best thing for them as a family, but they're afraid not to have their child participate. Um, do you ever have those types of candid conversations with with parents out there who kind of feel almost as if they're compelled to participate, even though there's a part of them that says this is not really an intelligent way of going about it? But uh, with that conversation doesn't happen um if it does it's, it would be rarely the the conversation that does happen is that people have to pick and choose especially the the economic challenge uh, individual has to pick and choose which events they can actually go to and then there's some candid conversations with parents you know on on that side but i i think a lot of parents to answer the quest, question you ask i i think it's their their minds are that Johnny does have that opportunity. I, I don't think that people uh, think they're wasting money. Uh, again, mm. otherwise that uh, that would be, you know, I think too far out in left field. So I think they've been told or uh, in a belief that this guru, this pitching coach, this uh, team, this club team, et cetera, can actually turn my son our daughter, whomever it is, into a superstar. So I think it would probably be a smaller number of people that know that they're wasting money, wasting time, or they're just going through the process because it's a great process to go through. Uh, most of them really legitimately feel, no matter how uh, terrible the kid is or uh, the potential for them to exceed at a higher level, is, is pretty much uh, uh, slim and none, and slim left town a long time ago. So I, I believe in their mind they do feel, at least the majority of people feel that way. Right. And just to be clear, my 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 buddy was talking from the perspective of not so much that he was wasting time or money, but I think it was more of there has to be a better way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that was his approach. I, because his his son can play. Um he, he's a he's a he's a pretty good baseball player. But I think he was he was speaking from a level of frustration of saying there has to be a better way to do this, to go about this. And, and so I think that was the, the, the point of his frustration. Right. Well, again, um, from that perspective, uh, I hope he finds it. I hope I'm one that can help down the road. Uh, uh, if Aaron does become majorly successful, or even if he doesn't to, try and figure it out but uh, i think this juggernaut is is so far moving at a pace that uh, i don't think it will come back uh, i do have to uh take my hat off to the uh mlb 
uh, slash USA. They've come through with uh, some breakthrough series, uh, reaching down, helping uh, some minority baseball players that wouldn't have an opportunity to go to an event. Uh, the USA slash teamed up with MLB and, and they're underwriting, you know, a player coming in and having development uh, with some of the best uh, pitchers and catchers and former NBA uh, or, or MLB rather um, coaches to help them out. So this is a program, I think it started in 2008 and is really getting, gaining some steam now. Uh, Aaron's been a recipient of uh, three or four of these events that have made a huge difference in him where they'll actually fly him in and put him up in a hotel, give him equipment, and then give him some of the best training out there and teach him some of the skills on and off the field that will make a huge difference. So uh, some people are reaching out to look at it and make a change. And I don't know if they're doing it because, hey, they think they're missing some of the better players or they're doing it because, hey, it's something that just needs to be flat out done. And and I appreciate the effort. And, again, to be a recipient of some of the things they're doing is just pretty amazing. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, because, you know, in in my work today, um, you know, I, I still do work with the MLBPA. I spent, you know, 10 years working there as a staff lawyer and continue to do some consulting work with them. And um, I, I'm fortunate these days to uh, be working in the youth development space. And so there is even some joint programming between the union and and Major League Baseball. Uh, and in fact, I just came back uh, from Vero Beach a couple of weeks ago from the Elite Development Invitational um, where exactly what you just described, right, where talented um, kids um, anywhere from 13 to 18 years old were able to come together for a week of training, right, at the hands of former Major League Baseball players and coaches, and it's phenomenal. It, it's phenomenal to see, and at no cost, right, to the to the kid, mom and dad, if they're going to attend, they have to you know, pay their way in terms of hotel and all the rest of that, but it's free for the, for the child. And so I think it's phenomenal, not only from that standpoint, because as you said earlier, many times the training comes at a cost um, and here you're being trained by the best, right? Former major leaguers. Um, and, you know, you, 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 the, the, the child doesn't have to pay. And so I think that's a phenomenal program. And um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I believe that's worth you know that that's worth mentioning, um, especially for African Americans and un and other kids who are underrepresented or underserved in the game. Well, I, absolutely, we it, it is awesome. We love it. Uh, Dale Matthews is uh, uh, one of the directors or the lead person there. Kendu uh, Jones. These are all people that we've had an opportunity to meet over the last year uh, or so. Uh, and have done a tremendous job. And because of this, uh, Aaron just got an invitation to the uh, 2018 uh, Team Bake Breakthrough Series, WWBA World Championships in Jupiter, Florida. That's coming up uh, in, um, uh, when is that, the end of October. And that's a huge opportunity. They're taking some of the best kids. I know uh, Glenn Allen Hill uh, on there. I know his, his dad was a professional player. Uh, on there, and a couple other names that escape me right now, major, major players, uh, kids that are 2019, that are all coming together, and they're putting together a team. And because of what Aaron has done with these folks over the last year, 
uh, he was invited to be a part of that team. And that is just absolutely amazing uh, to have an opportunity to play at that level for, you know, MLB slash uh, USA baseball. That's, um, I mean, we were just excited and uh, jumping up and down when we actually received the uh, email hmm. uh, accepting the invitation. Now, now Dow, how, how was it, though, that you first got plugged in to this uh, this, this opportunity. I don't mean the most recent one that you just mentioned in Jupiter, but in terms of MLB, USA Baseball, MLBPA, you know, how, how did you first get plugged in? How did you first become aware of it and, and, and then, um, you know, position Aaron to take advantage of it? Well, uh, well, a couple of people, a couple of situations here. Um, one coach uh, named Rob Bruno, he's uh, Aaron's summer coach for uh, NorCal, and just an amazing guy. Aaron happened to pitch against him as a freshman, uh, going in his freshman to sophomore summer. And Aaron, you know, was just lights out pitching. And he also hit a home run that game. And and uh, after the game was over, I never, ever uh, speak to the opposing coaches. I just, you know, I just, we don't do that. But something told me to say hi to this guy because I just liked the way he was coaching and uh, while the game was going on, how he was talking to his players. So I in- introduced myself and said my son was the one who pitched and hit the home run today, et cetera. And long story short is that um, uh, he asked if Aaron would wanted to play uh, for the NorCal team, you know, a week or two or three weeks later. And, and he's been such a huge, huge help as far as, uh, you know, getting Aaron seen into events. Uh, other for friend is uh, DJ Jefferson. His son is one of the premier uh, pitchers in in the country, and uh, he has become a good friend of mine. His son actually now goes to the same school as, as Aaron, and they become really good friends. He's well connected and has had access to these uh, type of events in the past. And he said uh, Aaron needs to be at these events. So one or two calls later, and next thing you know, Aaron's in the in the mix here. And from there on, Aaron did what he needed to do to go on. And of course, Aaron's high school coach as well. Uh, you know, has done some things, but um, that, that's how he got uh, interested or moving in this direction. It's just basically who you know and a call that was made and Aaron was accepted and Aaron took advantage of his opportunity. Yeah, and, and again, it, it is a terrific, a, a terrific opportunity. So, so Dal, as, as, we, as we sort of bring this to a close, as someone who has gone through the process as you have described, with with Aaron, um, what what kind of advice overall? If someone was just getting into this space, you know, they have a talented kid who's now getting on that travel circuit and and all the rest of it. What what would be some of the things that you would offer to them uh, as pointers or advice as they embark on this road? Uh, first and foremost would be is the making sure that uh, your son or daughter or whomever the kid may be, it might be a grand grandson or or, or or nephew or whomever the case may be, make sure they're serious about success and that they're serious about going to the next level or at least serious enough for them to get in, involved with the process. And then you can make that evaluation over the next few months or the next year or two. And I'm talking about for those that are 8, 9, 10, and 11, before you really have to decide how serious uh, you really want to be in it. So that would be first and foremost. Make sure uh, your kids are in that scenario. 
Number two, when you talk to high school coaches, high school coaches have their own agenda. They, uh, again, a lot of them are great and they look out for the kids, but some of them are looking out for themselves. And, and some high school coaches kind of poo-poo, excuse my language, the fact that, hey, you can get everything you need from high school and doing the things with us. And, and, and a lot of times uh, that could be true in some cases of your big time program, but for 95% of the people, in my opinion, uh, you have to go outside of high school, at least in the summer and potentially in, in fall, and then communicate with the coach. As long as you're in communication with the coach, um, that's going to make a huge difference. And that's what we were, were doing because I learned when Aaron was in eighth grade, we were working with the high school kids or coming out, watching their games and stuff. And then when he finally got into high school, I let the coach know the first year or two for summer, you can count on Aaron 100%, but I had learned at that time Aaron would have to deviate outside of the high school arena to get to a situation where he's at right now. And so you have to know when that time is, communicate that with the coach, and and uh, make sure that you do your obligation for high school. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to get your kid seen, especially if he's got talent, to uh, talk to other coaches, try and get them on some uh, uh, other teams that are, are actually going to events that will benefit uh, your son. And that that's one of the keys there. It's your responsibility. If you have a great high school coach and they, they really help you from a recruiting standpoint, great. But at the end of the day, if it's going to be, it's up to me. So those would be some of the things that, um, you know, I, I would advise a parent out there and you know, be a part of the process. You know, uh, sometimes uh, kids only go to practice and they're done. You know, Aaron, before practice, we practice. After practice, we practice. And just putting in that extra time makes all the difference in the world. Don't think that the high school scenario is going to be the end all. It's not. It's just a stepping stone to get to where you want. And if you understand that going into it, it's going to make all the difference in the world. Otherwise, you can get caught in the shuffle and get left behind. Yeah, that that's excellent stuff. That 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 really is. And you know, Daryl, first, you know, uh, as I'd like to say, congratulations to you and Aaron. Um, you know, congratulations to him first and foremost because of all that he's put in. And I know it's been a lot of work, right? Hours upon hours yeah. of of work. Um, but it's been a total sacrifice here, right, for the family. And so, yeah. um collectively congratulations to you and your family for getting to this Thank point you. and and certainly we're we're hoping the best uh for Aaron as he finishes out his high his senior year this year right on his way to Cal yeah. Berkeley so uh congratulations to you and secondly thanks to you for coming on and sharing with us some really good information because this is so many parents are going through what you are going through and have gone through and to have someone come and speak so clearly and intelligently about it, I think it's going to be a help to a lot of people. So thank you for coming on and doing that. You are so welcome. And one last thing, uh, Jeff, is Aaron's going to be on the uh, at the end of this month as the um, Labor Day weekend. He's going to be at the Future Star Series in uh, Glendale, Arizona, for the International Week 2018. They're going to have 23 national players, 23 world players. So if uh, you have an opportunity or any of your uh, listeners have an opportunity to check it out, it's going to be out there. It's put on by Jeremy Booth and the Future Stars uh, series, and uh, we're looking forward to that after we win the uh, 
World Series, uh, Legion World Series out there in North Carolina. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're in right. the process right now. So I'm already That's claiming right. it. So thanks That's again. That's right. For I, I, I don't blame you. But just again, where where is the Future Stars um, going to be held? It's going to be in Glendale, Arizona, at Camelback uh, Ranch. And that's at the end of this month, uh, Labor Day, August 28th to September 3rd. 23 national players versus 23 international players. And Aaron was selected to be on that team. And we're proud and excited and looking forward to um, uh, spending some time uh, watching him play with the, uh, the future stars. Okay, that sounds that, that that sounds great. So, thanks for sharing that. And again, uh, Daryl, mm-hmm. thanks for coming on today and and sharing with us your experience in the youth space. Thank you. All right. That was an interesting conversation with Daryl Roberts. Daryl provided a wealth of helpful information and insight into youth sports. If any parent is interested in connecting with Daryl to learn more, send me a note by email at jeff at or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Fennell and I'll be sure to connect you with Daryl. Also, if you'd like to learn more about his son Aaron, visit AaronKRoberts.com. That's Aaron kroberts.com It's a great site full of videos, pictures and other information Well, that's it for me this week. Scully is pulling up now. Man, looks like he got the ride clean too which means I'm about to go home in style. Diamond in the back, sunroof top digging the scene with the gangster lean. (laughs) You don't know that song. But thanks for tuning in. And I'll see you next time on Sports 360.